Good evening to those in the social man. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you with our Saturday night messages. It's a blessing to be with you. We pray and hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. It's always something to be thankful for. Even our worst time, we can always find something um, to thank God for, for all that he has done for us. Um, we want to continue on this journey. We've been talking about for several weeks, I surrender all, talking about what it takes to surrender all your, your life to God and the things that, as far as what God wants us to give up in those things that, such as, you know, when you say you surrender all to God, you want, you, you, you are declaring um, that I will say what you want me to say, go where you want me to go, do what you want me to do, give what you want me to give. Every area of your life needs to be surrendered to God. Now, it's going to take some time to do that. Um, matter of fact, it's going to take all of your life to surrender to God. But we're talking about starting somewhere. You may say, oh, I got a lot, a long way to go. Well, you got to start somewhere. And so lately we've been talking about coming from a different angle. Last week we talked about surrendering to God, surrendering distractions so we can make room for peace. And so we're talking about surrendering. When we talk about surrendering this aspect, we're talking about getting rid of the things that are keeping us from giving our all to God. From staying focused. We talked about staying focused last week, being focused on the things of God. Focus. When you surrender distraction, then you is you stand focused on things. You got to stay focused so that you can have the peace of God, which talked about which surpasses all understanding. And so tonight we're going to talk about surrendering control to make room for trust. Surrender to control, surrender control to make room for trust. Okay. So now all of us want control. I mean, we all struggle with that. I want to be able to control what happens when it happens and how it happens. And, you know, maybe you are a control freak. Some people have been diagnosed that, hey, well, I'm a control freak. I just got to have things my way, the way I want it. And so all of us have a little bit of that up in us, but some people more than others. But you want to control things. You want to control things. And you're saying, hey, I want to be in control. Well, we're talking about here surrender control to make room for trust. So you have to surrender. So you have to give up your uh, desire to control things and trust God. Okay. So you may be saying, well, how do we do that? So we're going to begin talking about that. And so let's just first want to look at this scripture, uh, Colossians 1 and 17. And it says, he is before all things. And in him, all things hold together. So God, when we read that scripture, I know we have the slogan, God is in control. Well, let me say it this way. God is in control, but he's not in control of everything. When we look at this scripture, Colossians 1 and 17, it says he's before all things, 
and in him all things hold together. We know God created this earth and he holds all things together. It says the word says hold them by the word of his power. That's what I believe Hebrew says. So we know God controls, you know, the his gravity and all those things. So when we say God is in control, we talking about you know him controlling this aspect as Colossians said, he is before all things, in him all things hold together. Okay. Because a lot of people say, well, God is in sovereign. It means sovereign does not mean, let me say that. Sovereign does not mean that God is in control of everything. If you look up the word sovereign, it literally means supreme, independent, superior. Okay. That's what sovereign means. So now God is sovereign in that aspect. Um, he's supreme. He's independent. Uh, he didn't have. He didn't come from anybody. He don't need anybody's help. Okay. He is self-sufficient. You know, all-knowing. So he doesn't need any help from any of us. So when we talk about sovereign aspect, that is how God is sovereign. But God is not in control of everything, because if you look at it, you say, well, you may be saying, well, why did you say that? Isn't God all powerful? Well, yeah, God is all powerful, but God gave earth to man. When you read Genesis uh, chapter one, verse 26, it says God gave man authority over the earth. He gave us free will. So anything that happens in the earth, it is man's doing. God cannot do anything without man's consent and saying, hey, we need to. Exercise our authority that God has given us to make see a difference here on the earth. Otherwise, we're not going to see a difference. So when we talk about God is in control, he's in control, but he's not in control of everything, okay? But what we're talking about here tonight is our ability to control our lives and what happens and when it happens and how it happens. We struggle with that. So when we talk about control, it says as much as we try to control area of our life, uh, we find that it really never really happens. And if we think we do, it's just an illusion, okay? So if you think you are able to control every area of your life, okay? Okay, you're fooling yourself. Cause we, we can't control everything that happens. We don't even know what's in the future. We don't even know what's in tomorrow's. That's where we got to trust God to say, you know what, even though I don't know, God knows he already made provisions for me. So understand if you think that you can control every area of your life, it's not going to really happen. And if you think you do it, it's, it's like I said, just illusion. No matter how happy we wake up, uh, we have zero and absolutely no control over how, how our day will develop. So you don't you don't have no control really how you develop. Now you can only thing you can control is your response to what happened. Okay, you can't control what's gonna happen, but you can control how you respond to it. And so and and you know that that. Your, your attitude can turn on a dime when things don't end up the way you plan. You and I both, okay? 
our attitudes change when things go wrong. So we got to watch our attitude. So you can control your attitude, okay, but you can't control everything that's going to happen in your life. So it's a, it's a simple concept, but it can be really hard to execute. Okay, surrender control. The defense line is right there, but everyone takes their own time getting there. Okay, remember that. Remember this in Philippians 4 and 6. And it says this it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. So it's be anxious for nothing. So there are people, maybe you have anxiety attacks because you can't control everything. You can't control people, how they respond to you. You can be as nice as you want to be, but sometimes people just have the wrong attitude. But it says here, it says be anxious for nothing. It says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with, with thanksgiving. I love that. It says, we have Thanksgiving, thanking God. Let your request be made known unto God. So this, this is what Philippians it says, hey, don't be anxious. Don't try to control everything. Don't get anxiety or get all worked up because things happen that you didn't expect. Okay? So it's, it's similar to remember this verse, but it's okay. If it takes time to surrender the anxiety that comes with not having control. So this is not going to happen overnight. Maybe you say, well, hey, I got a lot of it. It's going to take some time. It may take you time to develop this and get a control of this. So understand, this is not an overnight thing. Okay, so we, we try to control, but end up all kinds of mad and throwing and throw our day away because things don't go our way. Okay. It's not going your way. So trying to control is actually a kind of selfishness. When you just think about you and I want things to go my way. Maybe uh, it's time to pray for God to teach us to be anxious about nothing and trust him and less about praying for things to work out the way we want. So that maybe you pray about that. Pray, says, hey, pray and ask God, help me not to be anxious about anything, but just teach me how to trust you. Okay. And pray that things will work out, you know, instead of praying for things to work out my way, because once again, we all got our will. We all want things to work out, work the way we want to work out. We all got our idea how things are supposed to go. But it always work out that. So we need to pray and ask God, hey, teach me how to not to be anxious and and just trust you in the process. So we 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 must push to surrender. We are reminded that God has control. And then we are free to live our lives, the lives He wants us to live, a lives of freedom, a lives of trust, and a lives of love. So when you push your surrender, you we are reminded that God has the control. In other words, when it comes to certain things, we know that He's, you know what, He's working out. I can't control it, but you know what? God saw this coming. 
and let and God teach me how to respond the correct way so I don't get anxious, so I don't start worrying, and so that I can just trust in you and trust in the process, and I can live the life that he wants me to have. All right, so we're going to look at some scripture tonight to really bring this, make this point. And the first case we want to look at is Psalms 27 and 1. Psalms 27 and 1, it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Okay, so this song is, I believe this is David. David said, the Lord is my light. Whom shall I fear? I don't have to be fearful. See, sometimes when we can't control things, we're fearful. Well, what's going to happen? What if this don't go right? What if that, you know, have you ever preached that what if sermon? Are you constantly preaching what if sermons? I know I preached them. And so that what if this don't happen? What if this don't go my way? What am I supposed to do? But here we understand that you don't have to be afraid. The Lord is the stronghold of your life. You don't have to be afraid of any man or anything that goes on. That's where trust has to come in. So when we are truly trusted in Jesus, we're not afraid of people or what they can do to us. You're not afraid when you truly trust in Jesus. So those who, those in fear are not trusting in the Lord with all their heart. So now that's a strong statement, but it's, think about it. If you're fearful, then you're not trusting the Lord with all your heart, which Proverbs 3 and 5 says. You're not trusting God. So whenever you're fearful, ask yourself, Am I trusting God? And then ask God to help you to trust him in that area. So you're not trusting God when you are fearful, when you are afraid, whether it be people or some circumstances, what's going to happen. You're not fully trusting God. So we want to be fully trusting him. Okay. So whenever, wherever there's fear in your life, you need to find some scriptures to counter that and put your faith and trust in God. So let's look at the second scripture here. It says here in Jeremiah 29, 11. Listen to this. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans of welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God said this. He says this. I know the plans I have for you. I right, think about that. God knows the plans he has for you. Okay. Not the plans that you have for yourself. Now it is okay for you to make a plan and give it to God. I said, Lord, this is what I want to do. Okay. And I want you to okay it. But if it's not what you want, I want you to lead me in the direction you want me to go. Because I trust you. You have the plan for life. So you're really asking God to show you the plan that he has for you. Okay. Because your plan that you made up may not be the plan that God has for you. So you should be praying, okay, God, I do have a plan. And I give it to you. But if this is not it, you show me the plan that you have for my life. 
So the, the Lord's plan for us is nothing but good. Okay, God is having that. God has the best plan for your life. Why? Because He knows you. He created you. Even Jeremiah, Jeremiah said in here, "You formed me from a mother's womb." Okay, so God has nothing but good plans for you. The evil we experience does not come from God. I want you to hear that. The evil we experience does not come from God. It is because we aren't following God's plan for most of us that most of us encounter evil. Now, if you're not following God's plan, you will. There may be because you and you're not going the way he wants you to go. If you encounter evil, maybe you are doing your own thing. So you need to ask yourself and then pray about it and check. Am I doing my own thing? Is this why I'm experiencing a lot of resistance? Okay. Or things that a lot of times we are not following the will of God, the plan he has for life. And we encounter things that God never intended us for the count. So the, the evil we experience doesn't come from God. Imagine if you if you're on the wrong road. Well, if you end up in the wrong city, you can't blame God for that. No, you took the wrong route. If you're trying to get to New York, okay, and you're on 85 South, okay, we know you're not going to get to New York going 85 South. And then you encounter some things that you won't put, then that's on you. That wasn't God. God didn't, it wasn't that he was putting evil things in your way. So as we follow God's plan for our lives, we can be sure of the outcome. It tells you right here. It says, for we, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, the plans of welfare, not of you, to give you a future and a hope. So you have an assured outcome with God. There will be an expected future with those plans. If we look at the Apostle Paul, it says, the Apostle Paul said that he knew when he came to Rome, he would come in the fullness of God's blessing. And you'll find that in, in um, Romans chapter 15, verse 29, where he says that those who seek God with all their heart aren't promised no problems, but they are promised victory and expected end. Let me say it again. Those who, who seek God with all their heart aren't promised no problems, but they are promised victory and expecting it. So following God, the plan of God doesn't mean you're not going to have any problems. Now, I just said, you, and some of us, sometimes, some of us are going the wrong way and we encounter evil. Okay. But even in Following God's plans, there will be problems. Why? Because we got a devil who's trying to resist us, who's fighting us, because he doesn't want you to fulfill the plan of God. He don't want you to go in that, that direction. So he's going, that is where your resistance is coming from. But know that you you promise to have victory and you have an expected end. There will be victory in the end. Okay. So don't think that you, when you follow God and when you surrender to my surrender control, okay? Because a lot of times we surrender control, we say, okay, well, I'm just leaving it to God. Now you're fearful, okay? You, you're not trusting God. 
because you don't believe in the inspected in. Okay. And then what happens is say you, hey, okay, I release control. God, I trust you, I release control. And then problems come. Then we automatically think, well, maybe God's not doing what he's supposed to do. Then we just want to begin to take it back. Because when problems come, we tend, as human beings, we want to fix it ourselves. We think we got all the answers. And the truth is we don't have all the answers, but God does. He have all, He has an expected end. So when you experience trouble, don't panic. As we said, don't get anxious and begin to take back what you gave God. Okay, just know that, okay, there's going to be a problem because what the word of God tells us, Jesus even said, in this world, you will have trouble. He said, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Okay, so understand that. So even when um, God spoke this, now, when he spoke this, this was spoken to people in exile. Okay, they were under the punishment of God, yet he still had good plans for them that would cause them to prosper. And, and this was manifest in the lives of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember the story where how they refused to bow down to the idol that the king had, um, you know, and structured up, made, and this was in the book of Daniel, and they refused to, and then the king threw them in a fire for them, and they came out not smelling like smoke, clothes not scorched. But they were this, God said this to people who were in exile, okay? And so as it says here, so even then God had had good plans for them and called in the prophet. So even in the midst of tough times, God's going to cause you to prosper, okay, if you put your trust in him. He's going to cause you to prosper because he proved that with, in this story, you know, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, he proved, I got you. You're going to come out with victory, even in the midst of, they begin, they put their trust in God. If you read that story, they didn't bow down to that idol and got, got him into trouble. They had problems, but because they trusted in the integrity of God, okay, they came out with victory in the end. And so will you, you're gonna come out with victory, but you guys, you have to begin today that I can't control everything. I'm gonna trust God even with the thing that I can't control. So I want to deal with, so the, the title is, hey, surrender control to make room for trust. So when you are surrendering control, we want to make more room to trust God. What you're doing, what you're actually, you're making for room for God to come in and begin to speak to you and, and you become sensitive to his voice. Okay. But here's the question I want to ask. And I want, I want to, Spend the rest of this message talking about what is trust? Okay, what is it? Okay, how do I do this? How do I trust God? I want to trust God. You say you want to trust, but how do I do? 
what is trouble? Okay, I'm gonna give you. So let me read this to you. A three-year-old boy stand, standing stands heavenly at the edge of a pool. His father, waist deep in the water, stretches out his hands and says, "Jump! I'll catch you." The child might believe his father can catch him, but without trust, he would never jump. And so that's what God is doing. God is he our father. And he's telling us, jump. Okay, step out. I got you. But when you want to control everything, you're not going to jump. So that child is not going to jump if you don't believe that father will catch it. So trust is the critical element of faith. It is the critical element. So faith and 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 trust is kind of like cousins. They go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. The Bible teaches that we trust God by believing his word is true, by obeying his will, and by depending on Jesus alone for salvation. So that's what the Bible teaches about trust. When we trust God, guess what? You're going to do three things. You're going to believe his word is true. And then what? You're going to obey his will. And then you buy, and then you buy by depending on Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Jesus Christ alone is all you need for salvation. But you got to put your trust in his word. Now, if you don't know the word, you can't put your trust in it. So that's why we got to get to know God's word, what he said to us through his word and begin to trust our father in what he said to us through his word, even through a rhema word that God gave you. If God gave you a specific word about a certain area in your life, you have to trust him and believe him that, you know what, he is going to do what he said. Okay, he's going to do it. So that's what trust is. Trust is, hey, you got to jump. And that reminds me of the story of Peter when Peter's, you know, walking on the water. He said, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Jesus says, come. So he stepped out on what Jesus said. Peter was walking on something he's supposed to have been sinking in. Okay, and that's the same thing with us. If we trust God and his word, we'll be walking on stuff that other people are sinking in. But you've got to trust God and begin to step out in faith and put your trust in the integrity of his word. Okay. And so we see we're going to finish up with these scriptures tonight. And I want to go first to Psalms 33 and 21. Psalms 33 and 21 says this, In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Your heart, your heart should be rejoicing when you trust in the name of Jesus. Okay, trust in that name. It says trust in God means recognizing that God is worthy of your trust and then giving him control of your life. See, you need to declare that. God, you declare that with me. God is worthy of my trust. Why? Because think about what he has done for us. Okay, think about what he, think about how he saved us, even while we were yet sinners. He laid his life down for us. 
When you think about that, you should say, well, he's worthy of my trust. If he saved me from my sins, why wouldn't he be worthy if he would do that for you? Because he loved you so much. So, so trusting God means recognizing that God is worthy. You got to first recognize that he is worthy of my trust based on all that he has done for you. When you recognize that, then you give him control of your life. Now I give God my plans and then I begin to seek his plans for my life. So until you recognize that he's worthy of your trust, then you're not going to give it because that's that's even in the natural. Until you believe that the person that you they're saying they're going to catch you until you believe they're worthy of their, of their trust, that they've earned it, that they have did things in the past to, to say, you know what, I can trust him to be there for me, to do what they say they're going to do. Until you recognize that person's where you're not going to give them control of your life. So you first got to recognize, God, you are worthy of my trust and I give you control of my life. I'm going to allow you to order my steps. Directions. I'm going to trust you to lead my life in the direction that you want it to go. So first, you got to recognize it. Recognize that he's worthy of your trust. And then, only then, will you give him control of your life. So let's look at the next scripture here. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. This is Paul talking here. And this is what Paul says. Paul says, that is why I'm suffering here in prison. But I am not ashamed of it. For I know the one in whom I trust. And I'm sure that he is able to guard what I, what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. And look at this point. This, this is pretty strong. Paul was suffering in prison. He's I'm here suffering in prison. But listen to he says, but I am not ashamed of it. See, I want to speak to that because whenever we begin to surrender to our control and then follow the plans of God, you may be in a situation or maybe a situation right now where it's embarrassing. Well, you are ashamed because you what you stepped out on God, you stepped out in faith. And everything has fallen apart. And I've been in that situation where you believe God gave you a word. He gave me a word. You know what? I was sure about it. And you stepped out in faith. And then when you stepped out, okay, everything began to go south. Everything began to go bad. You have all kinds of problems. You have all kinds of resistance coming against you. Okay. And a lot of times the enemy will get in our ear and says, see, you trusted God and look at what, what's happening. Or this enemy will make you doubt. Well, did you really hear God right? Did I really hear God? Because things are going so bad and things, you know, are not going the way I plan. I'm not having the success that I thought I would have. Okay. But here, Paul, here was he knew he was supposed to preach the gospel. He knew he was supposed to go to these different places and declare the word of the Lord. And, and preaching the gospel 
got him, can put in prison. But those, but he said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not saying why he said, for I know in whom I trust. Okay, even though things look bad, even though you know what, this looks shame, people are criticizing, people are laughing at him, you know, and maybe you the same way, people are laughing at you, it's embarrassing, you feel ashamed because things are not going where and you're not having the success that you saw you have. But you know what? If you know that God gave you a word, just like here, Paul here, Paul says, I'm not gonna be ashamed. I know people laugh at me. I know critics are talking about me, but I will not be ashamed because I know God gave me a word and I trust in the word. And he said, I am sure that he's able to God what I have entrusted him until the day of his return. So trusting God is an ongoing process. Guess what? Based on a personal relationship with him. See, Paul here was talking about the relationship I had with Jesus Christ. He wasn't focused, even though everything on the outside wasn't going the way he thought it would go. As we see, he's in prison. But see, you know what? He had an intimate, personal relationship with God. He knew he heard from God. And he says, you know what? I know I got this word. I know things don't look good. But you know what? I trust God. I believe in his word. I believe that I know in whom I I trust this is what he said. And I'm sure that he will God, he's able to God what I have entrusted him today in return. So Paul says, you know what? I believe it. I'm not going by my look by my outside circumstances to determine whether I trust God or not. No, even the midst, even though I'm in prison, even though things are bad, I trust him. I believe him because hey, I've surrendered control. I know I can't control everything. I know preaching the gospel has got me in trouble, but you know what? I've been called to do this. And I was saying that to somebody, you've been called to do the thing that God called you to do and things are looking bad, but trust in the word that he's given you tonight. Trust in that and, and continue just to believe and, and, um, continue to develop the word I'm looking for, the personal relationship we have with him. Because this is a trust in God, it's an ongoing process. This is not a one-time thing. It is an ongoing process. You walk through your journey in this life, trust in him, believing in him, knowing that he has your back. So let's look at Genesis chapter 6. I'm reading verses 17 through 22, and he's, God is talking to Noah here. This is when the flood comes, and this is what God tells Noah. He says, look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on the earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat you and your wife and your sons and their wives bring a pair of every kind of animal a male and a female into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scares around the ground will come to you to be kept alive 
and be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for all the animals. And but here's the, the point I want the last part I want to get to. It says, so Noah did everything exactly as God has commanded. See, that's what trusting God is. Trusting God is doing exactly what God has commanded you. So trusting God means obeying his command, even when you don't fully understand why. Man, that's awesome. See, this is the thing we can see. That's why you are holding on to control because you want to think you think you should understand everything that goes on. When we talk about the plans of God, you're not going to fully understand everything when you begin to trust God. But that's what trusting God means. Obey his command, even though I'm following. God gave me a word. You know, I don't understand why God want me to go over here. I don't understand why God want me to do this. Because sometimes God will tell us to do things that goes against the grain of what natural men would do. You know, God, you know, natural, natural, the natural way of doing things would be, hey, if you gonna build something, well, go to the bank and get a loan. God may tell you, don't, 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 don't go to the bank. Just trust me to put people in your path that's going to bless you with the finances you need. So understand, you're not going to understand everything. See, that's one thing about control is that I got to understand everything, why I'm doing it, when I'm doing it, where to go. And it, and to me, human human reasoning, otherwise it got to make sense to my head. It's got to make sense to me. Noah, you got to realize, in this particular time of this story, it had never rained before. He didn't even know what rain was. But God tells him to build an ark. And we see his command here. He tells him, I want you to take your family in there, take every kind of animal, pair, female to female, and it's going and just do what I asked you to do. He had never rained before. He had never seen rain. He didn't know what rain was. But it says here, Noah did exactly what God commanded him to do. So trusting God, I want to say it again, means obeying his command even when you don't understand why. When you don't have that answer to your why, trust God's word and you're going to come out victorious. And so the last scripture tonight we want to lift up is 1 Peter 1 and 8. 1 Peter 1 and 8 says, it says, you loved him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. See, that's trust. To love somebody, even though you've never seen them. And even though you haven't seen that, you trust them. We haven't seen God. We haven't seen his face. We haven't seen him in the natural. But we trusted him. You wasn't there. Me and you wasn't there way down the cross. But trust him that he paid for your sins. You trust him, even though 
you never seen us because we live in a world now. Our world says seeing is believing. I got to see it and know if you believe it. If I don't see it, then I'm not going to trust it. Well, with God, it's just the opposite. Even though you ain't seen me, if you never laid your eyes on me, but if you trust me, God loves people who trust him without seeing him. That's what faith is all about. Faith is believing, believing without seeing is that I know God has already done it in the spirit realm. And when you believe that, you will see it manifest in natural. But so it says trusting means being confident in him, even though you can't see him. Okay. Being confident in God, even though you can't see him, you may can't see him working right now. Okay. You may not, may not be, see him working in the situation right now. But you have his word. You have his word. Another story that comes to mind is when Peter had been fishing all night and hadn't caught anything. And Jesus comes up and tells him, you know what? Cast your net on the other side. And Peter said, well, Lord, we've been toiling all night. But he says, nevertheless, at your word. I'm going to do what you sent me to do. Okay. And so that's what trust is about. Just trusting God. I can't see. I've never seen him. Never laid my physical eyes. I don't have any tangible. But you know what? I believe. And I trust in you. Because. I put my confidence in you. And I'm going to surrender my control over my life trying to control everything, trying to make things go my way. I'm going to release that. And God, I surrender to you right now that you're going to order. I said, order my steps. You're going to lead me in the right path. And though I may, you may be having problems right now, finances are not willing. God, I trust you. And I'm still going to give even though my finances are tight, I'm still going to give. Trust God in your giving. Okay? Trust God that he is going to provide for you. You got to trust that. So that's how we make room to trust. Surrender your control tonight. Let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of you, we, I pray for those who are listening. I pray right now. We thank you. We magnify you because you are an awesome God. And God, we pray right now that those who listen will surrender control to you. That you will, that they will believe that you have a plan, as Jeremiah said, for their life. And, and they shall have victory and have an expected end. They have a great future. And I pray God they will surrender to you and make room to trust you in every area of their life, whatever, whether it may be financial, whether it be in their marriage, whether it may be with their children, whether it may be on their jobs or whatever area, God, they need. God, we speak right now. We speak to them and give them a word and allow them to trust in your favor. Know that you say that you have 
a great plan for that, that you haven't expected it, and they will come out victorious as they release God, their lives, their thought lives, their actions unto you. And we give you glory and I thank you for manifesting in their lives right now. I thank you for the victory that is already done in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, we thank you for listening. Once again, surrender control to make room for trust. Learn how to trust God, even in a bad situation as Paul did. And watch God work on your behalf. Because guess what? He said he would never leave his Nova Zegas. And he is true to his word. And so once again, we'll be back with you next week again talking about I surrender all. But remember, surrender your surrender control so you can make room for trust. Once again, thank you for listening. We'll be back again with you next week. Bye-bye.